This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Can you give me a better amen than that? Wasn't that great? I mean, that, that, that whole, I mean, salvation, how he came to know the Lord. If you're ever wanting to know what's the why behind this ministry, that's the why right there. And uh, I tell you what, there's nothing more powerful than how we can see people's lives being touched and changed and transformed by the power of God. Well, I bring greetings all the way from Durban. How many of you were not in the service this morning? Oh, I don't know if you're going to go to heaven, but anyways, we'll pray for you. <laughs> but uh, it was really great being, being here this morning. I've really enjoyed my weekend here. And I tell you what, this is a great church. I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev once again for the awesome privilege of being able to stand behind this pulpit and minister. And again, I want you to understand that I take this very seriously. And it's a great privilege and honor for us. And, and we, we bring greetings from Durban. Amen. We're part of the same family, part of the same house. And if you didn't know it, uh, Apostle Theo found Dr. Bev in our church. So if you're thinking, can anything good come from Durban? Absolutely. All right. And so uh, it's wonderful. I've been preaching uh, this morning about a limitless God. In fact, that, that was our theme for 2019, is our theme for 2019. And um, I do believe that... Uh, uh, that there's always more in God. How many of you believe there's always more in God? Uh, that we shouldn't be uh, satisfied with what we have, but there's always more in God. And I want to, just like I spoke over this morning and declare to you tonight, that in 2019, we're going to experience the limitless God that we serve in every part of our lives. Amen. Do you remember that when God called Israel out of Egypt, they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years? And then the psalmist said how that they had limited the Holy One of Israel, all right? And so I want to declare to you tonight that we serve a limitless God, and I declare that this will be the best year of your life. Would you lift your hands and say, I serve a limitless God who desires to do limitless things in and through my life, and this will be the best year of my life. I want you to think about two things when you think about a limitless God. I want you to think about the fact that God is big. We do not serve a small God. We serve a big God. In the early days, there was an apostle uh, by the name of Nicholas Bengu who was quite tall. I think he was about six foot something, kind of like my height more or less. But he was a big man, a huge man, and he would stand up. For those of you that might remember, he would say in his deep African voice, I serve a big God. I serve a big God. I want to declare to you tonight that you do not serve a small God. You serve a big God. And then I want you to think about something else, that the power that works in us, that power of God is actually at work in you and me according to Ephesians 3 and 20. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Can you say amen? But the word limitless, when you look at the word limitless, it actually means to be uh, without end. That's my first sort of screen. My first statement that I'd like to make is that limitless simply means without end. It means without boundaries. And it means without borders as well. 
All right, you can follow in the sermon outline. Do we have that in the sermon outline? That's great, awesome. He is infinite, which simply means he is limitless, all right? And so if we're going to say that God is infinite and limitless, to say that he is an infinite and limitless God, limitless God, simply means four things. I want to share four things with you tonight. Number one, that there is no time limit with God. There is no time limit with God. Time is not an issue with God. In other words, he's never early, never late. He's always on time. And yet at the same time, this God that we serve is not limited by time. In other words, we serve a God who is not bound by space and time. I like what Isaiah 57 and 15 says, just that first line. It says, for thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. If you inhabit eternity, there, it must mean that something about you knows no end. If something is eternal, it means it keeps on going on and on and on and on and on and on. So if our God inhabits eternity, it must tell us that he is infinite and that he is limitless. Lift your hands and say, I serve a limitless God who desires to do limitless things in and through my life. In other words, when we think about this God who is not limited by time, He's the only God that I know that can go to our past to correct something that is affecting our today and then can also go into our future to prepare something for you and I and then come back to your present now to get you ready for the thing He's prepared for your future. If you believe that, say amen. But you see, limitless, the concept of limitlessness and infinity is, is a concept that we battle with our minds. Because we are reasonable people. We use logic. And we are analytical. And we are, we are, are, are three-dimensional, maybe four-dimensional, whatever it is. Because our minds and everything about ourselves are finite. And we're trying to understand the infinity of God, the limitlessness of God with our minds. And family of God, you cannot do that. It's impossible to do that. The only way that you can apprehend the limitless of God is when you exercise your faith. And faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And when your heart, as we heard this morning, is readied by the word, let me tell you, the word of God on the inside of you will awaken you to the limitlessness of God. The word of God that is stirred up on the inside of you will awaken you to the fact that there is no end with God. That with God, all things are possible. Can I get a better amen tonight in this place? Hallelujah. You see, we're living in a very physical world. And so, you know, we see with our eyes, we hear with our ears, we touch with our hands, we smell with our noses. And everything in this world is limited. We know it by our four uh, space-time dimensions. Everything has length, it has width, it has height, and it has time. It's the time-space dimension. But the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the creator of the universe. Hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us that he can also step into our realm if he wants, us, if he wants to. He who is infinite and he who is limitless, if he wants to, can step into our realm. Glory be to God. 
The psalmist said it like this, David, in Psalm 139, verse 7. He said, Lord, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Hallelujah. In addition, when we think about Jesus, who is God in the flesh, who entered into our realm as a human being, the Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and mercy and truth. And then if you look at Colossians 2 and 9, Paul tells us that for in Him, in Jesus Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In the person of Jesus Christ. In other words, he was altogether God, altogether man. He was everything God and everything man. Explain that to me. You cannot. It is a mystery. It's trying to put something infinite into a finite, quantized mind. Hallelujah. So, but when you read the Bible, it's, it's, it's evidently possible. It's evidently possible for God to be the creator of time and space and also for him to exist within it. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? And so we understand, of course, that the scriptures teach that God is spirit. And so he dwells in that spirit realm. And the spirit realm is a realm, of course, that we know that is beyond the natural realm. It means that God is not limited by the physical laws and the dimensions that govern our world. I'm just trying to expand your faith a little bit here. I'm trying to just let you understand that we serve a God with whom all things are possible. He knows there's nothing too difficult for our God. He is a limitless God in every sense of that word. In every sense of that word. Can I get an amen tonight? So when Jesus came to this earth, we know he came as a human being wrapped up in a physical body, right? And then in that body, he was subject to enormous uh, pain and suffering, eventually death. And we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that each accurately tell us the events of how he was whipped and beaten until it led to his ultimate crucifixion. And we know that after that, his body was placed in a tomb and wrapped up in a cloth for three days. And, then, and, that, and that tomb, the Bible says, was heavily guarded by a detachment of Roman soldiers. We know that. That's what the Bible tells us. But then three days later, hallelujah. That's the difference about this book. That's the difference about the God that you serve. That's the difference about the Jesus that we serve. Three days later, there was a huge cataclysmic event that all of creation reeled as the stone was rolled back and Jesus God wrapped up in human flesh, defied death, hell, and the grave. And he rose from the dead. Hallelujah! By the power of the Holy Ghost. And that evening, the disciples gathered in a room because they were fearful. They closed the door. And what did Jesus do? He walked right through the wall and appeared to them and said, Peace be with you all. If you want to read that, you can read that in John chapter 20, verse 19. And to make sure that in case they thought that he was a, 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 an, an imposter, he showed them the, the scars in his hands. He showed them the wound in his side. And then we know that straight away after that, he reappeared for the sake of doubting Thomas. And he came into the room a second time, walking through the walls. He defied time. He defied all the physical elements. Hallelujah. 
And he said, come on, Peter, come on, doubting Thomas, I mean. Put your finger in, in, the, in the hole in my hand. Put your hand in the side. See if it is me, if it really is me. And then what happens? What, what, after that, we know that another miracle, he defied gravity, ascending into the sky in the sight of his disciples. Acts 1 and 9 tells us, but when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Hallelujah. So I'm trying to tell you tonight that we serve a God in whom there is no time limitation. And Isaiah 57 again tells us that the high and lofty one inhabits eternity. If you inhabit eternity, it means you, you are infinite. It means you are limitless. You are a limitless God. And we serve a limitless God. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us when you flip into the New Testament that actually you and I were called with a holy calling before time began. In 2 Timothy 1 and 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. In other words, outside of time. God stood outside of time and said, I've called you. Looked at you right now in 2019 and said, I've called you with a holy calling. Hallelujah. Can you say Amen. And not only that, but before time began, he promised you and I eternal life. That's what Titus 1 and 2 says. That it says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. And then again, the Bible says that we were chosen in him before the creation of the world. That's in Ephesians 1 and 9 and 1 Peter 1 and 20. You can look up all of that. But the first thing, if we say that God is infinite and limitless, means there's no time limitation with God. Number two, not only is there no time limitation, but there is no power limitation with God. Hallelujah. I thought you'd get a little bit more excited in this place. There is no power limitation with the God that we serve. We're living in a day and age where everybody is power hungry. Everybody is obsessed with power whether it be political power, military power, financial power, fashion power, social media power, how about that? Economic power, nuclear power, all kinds of power. But all these powers are natural and they have their limitation. They're confined to the natural world. But we know that the Bible says in Psalm 62 and 11, God has spoken once and twice. I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Can you say amen? Can you lift your hands up and say, all the power that I need belongs to God, and if God is in me, that power is in me. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm and there are some things that are a little bit too difficult for you. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about this one, God. I don't know about this problem. I don't know about this mountain. Is that what it says there? I'm, I'm reading the wrong translations, obviously. What does it say there? There is nothing too hard for you. If there is nothing too hard for the God that we serve, it means that he has all the power to right the wrongs and wrong the rights, if, if, if it makes sense. I mean to right the wrongs, all right? To make the crooked paths straight. 
to give you the miracle and the breakthrough that you need. God has all the power. And the amazing thing is that power is not stored up in heaven. Would you send me some more power, God? I need some more power from up there. No, he's put the power on the inside of you and me. Hallelujah, that same power is residing on the inside of you. All the power that it took to keep Jesus on the cross is living on the inside of you. All the power that raised Jesus from out of that tomb, raised him back to life, is living on the inside of you tonight. Hallelujah. You say, can you prove it? I'll give you several scriptures. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you shall receive, huh? You shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing. That's another way of saying you have the power from the Holy One and you know all things. Verse 27 in that same book says, but the anointing which you have received from Him abides stored up, locked up in some vault in heaven. And unless you know the secret ATM number, the PIN number, I don't know if you're going to get that power. Is that what it says? Family of God, is that what it says tonight? Talk to me a little bit. Where is that power? It's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And then my favorite scripture, Ephesians 3 and 20. Let's read it in the New King James Version. It says, now to him, to who? To our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is able. He has all the power to to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask, think, according to what? The power that what? That what? That what? That what? That works in us. Hallelujah. Now let's read the woman's translation, the Amplified Bible. I call it the woman's translation because they normally speak more words than men do. I'm, I'm told they can, in any given day, a woman says more words than men. This is the woman's translation. Thank God for the woman in this church and thank God for this translation. But the Amplified Bible says, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, hallelujah, is able to carry out his purpose and do how abundantly? Not just abundantly, how abundantly? I can't hear you in this church tonight. How about super abundantly, far above, far over and above all that we dare. Come on, God dares you to ask. God dares you to dream big. God dares you to pray big. God dares you to believe big. That we dare ask or think infinitely. That's another word for limitlessness of God. Hallelujah. God wants, to think, wants you to think about Him in terms of there's no end to this God. There's no end to His joy. There's no end to His favor. There's no end to His blessing. There's no end to what God wants to do in and through my life. Look at somebody and tell them, you serve a good God who wants to do good things for you. Come on, say it again, say it again, say it again, say it again. Look at somebody and tell them, I serve a good God who wants to do good things for me. You better believe that, or otherwise you'll believe the lie from the devil. That there's nothing for you, that you're meant to suffer, that you're meant to have poverty and sickness. It's all of God. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. We serve a good God who desires to do good things for you. 
That's something that you need to be saying to yourself every day throughout the day. I serve a good God who wants to do good things for me. God, I'm on the lookout for good things. I'm on the lookout for miracles. I'm on the lookout for your glory. I'm on the lookout for angels that are ascending and descending on my life and on my business. You've got to declare that over your life. Can I, can I get an amen in this place? Not only is there no time limitation, no power limitation, but number three, there is no people limitation with God. There is no people limitation with God. Some people think the church is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller until it's us four and no more that are holding on. And we're holding on for dear life. And if Jesus doesn't come right now, any day soon, I believe I'm going to backslide. No, my friend, Jesus is not coming back for a powerless, pathetic barely holding on church he said I'm coming back for a glorious church he's not coming for four people and that's all he's coming back for a that the when John was on the Isle of Patmos and he has a revelation of heaven he sees a multitude of people from all ethnicities from all tribes from all colors from all cultures from all nations standing and worshiping before the throne of God but what I like about this is, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 27, it says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world. Any foolish people here tonight? Yeah. To put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things here. I'm not talking about you're weak and you're, you're powerless and you're the worm of the earth. No, I'm talking about weak as in the vessel of clay. Like I said a while back, God made you drew you out of sand to be the weakest vessel that you could be. Why? So that no strength could, could come from you. That, that if you got the victory and the breakthrough, it wasn't because of your brains, because of your intellect, because of your super might, because of how handsome you look, but all because of God. Can I get an amen in this place? Hallelujah. To be weak doesn't mean that you're pathetic and you're sleeping half the day and you're not praying and reading the Word. No, we're not talking about that. The weak means it's not me. It's about God in me. It's about His power in me. It's about His strength in me. It's about His wisdom in me. It's about His peace in me. But He's chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. I'm here to tell you tonight, family, that God can use anybody. If He can use a donkey, He can use me. Any other donkeys here tonight? Come on. I mean, the donkey brought, carried Jesus on His back and took Him into the city of Jerusalem Amen. And everybody said, Hosanna, Hosanna. And that king, they, they, they laid out a royal carpet for that donkey. The donkey must have thought, my goodness, they're doing this because of me. They don't know I'm a donkey. They don't know I'm a mixed breed. They don't know that I don't know what I am. Am I a donkey? Am I a whatever? Am I a horse? What am I? And they laid out this royalty for me. They're treating my, me like royalty because of who he was carrying on his back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be alarmed if promotion comes and people do crazy things for you. It's not because of you. It's because of who you're carrying in your heart. Hallelujah. He used angels. He used a raven to feed Elijah. If you look at David's 400 men, did you ever look at David's 400 men? No, I mean, seriously, did you ever look at that? 
in 1 Samuel, read it with me, 22 verse 2. That's what it says. And everyone, how many people? I, I can't hear you. What? Three people. And everyone who was what? In distress. Mm. Everyone who was in debt. Oh boy. Story just gets worse and worse. And everyone who was discontented gathered to him. And so he became the captain over them. And there were about 400 of them. My goodness. I would have, if I was David, I would have said, God, these are your people. I'm going surfing on the beach. I'm going to carry out my CrossFit. I'm going to do CrossFit. These are your guys. You sort them out, God. Huh? God used people who were in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented. What's your excuse? When Jesus came upon the scene of time, he uses a bunch of fishermen, fishermen who stank, man. If you cut fish and you're putting bait and all of that, you're going to stink. There's a, a fishy smell about you. And what's more, they were full of problems, had issues, had hang-ups. One of them had a temper problem. Others had racial problems. Other of them had unforgiveness. All kinds of stuff in their hearts. And those are the kind of people that Jesus used. Hallelujah. And then when it got to that part when Jesus gathered them and he said, Now, if you want to be a part of me, you have to eat my flesh and you have to drink my blood. Look, the Bible says they all departed. I'm getting out of here, man. This guy's loco. This guy's crazy. Huh? That's the kind of people that Jesus chose. Hello, anybody in this place? God never uses people you would expect him to. In other words, he always uses the least likely that you would expect him to. I mean, if you think about, let's look at Noah. Look at Noah. What was Noah? He was a drunkard. What about Abraham? He was an old belly man, an old man. God said, you're going to have a child, right? Yeah, God. Yeah, right, absolutely, there he is, got an old beard on him, a white beard. Moses, what about Moses? Was a murderer and a stutterer, a stutterer, couldn't speak very well. God used him, hallelujah. What was Rahab? She worked in the red light district. God used her. Hello, I'm not saying that you should do that, but I'm just saying. What about David. He was an adulterer and a murderer. God, in fact, he was the greatest king that Israel ever had. Hello? Jonah, a man who was running from God. Matthew worked for SARS. He was a tax collector. Not that there's anything wrong with working for SARS. But he was a tax collector and despised by the other Jewish people. What about Saul? He was a persecutor and a torturer. What about when you think about uh, Elijah? I love the story. There was a wicked king by the name of Ahab, and he's got an equally wicked wife by the name of Jezebel. And the Bible says, I mean, Elijah, I mean, he challenged the 450 uh, uh, prophets of Baal. I mean, and you, you, you know the whole story there in 1 Kings 18, and they offer up sacrifice. And he said, okay, you put your sacrifice, I'll put my sacrifice. You guys, you guys go first, put the wood, but no fire. You call on your God, and then let him see if he will like that offering. And then I'll call on my God, and the God who answers with fire, let him be the God. And there they are dancing around the fire, and boom calling, 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 and there's no God. And they cut themselves, and they, they do all kinds of stuff. And the Bible says that he calls on God, and God, God answers with fire. 450 prophets are destroyed that day. And then the story gets to Jezebel. I mean, 
Elijah has just had. He's like on the mountaintop of victory. He's defeated 450 prophets, man. I'm the man of God. There's only, I'm the only prophet left for God. I've taken out all those Baal prophets. And a woman says a couple of words, and he runs for his life. Wants to commit. I mean, that's the power of a woman. I tell you what. I tell you what. You talk about influence. Huh? And then he's crying, and God meets him, and he's crying. Oh, he says, God, I'm the only one left. He says, ha, that's what you think, my boy. That's what you think. I've got 7,000 people that are waiting in the wings that have not bowed their knees to Baal. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? There is never a resource of people shortage with God. Number three, number four, number four. There is no resource limitation with God. No resource limitation with God. God took five days to create the earth and put everything in the earth that to this day we are still extracting. We are still mining. Think about it. There are still reserves and treasures and what, what, what that have still to be detected. There is no resource limitation with God. I don't care what the economy is doing. I don't care what the Rand dollar and all of that and all of that and all of that. Uh, 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 uh. We serve a limitless God. And this limitless God means that there's no time limitation with Him. There's no power limitation with Him. There's no people rim- limitation with Him. And there's no resource limitation with Him. I'd like everybody to stand up to your feet tonight. Come on. I know that our time is up. I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. Would you say these words after me? Heavenly Father, you are eternal and infinite, which means that you existed before time began and that you will forever be my God. I declare that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, all-capable, and that nothing is too difficult for you to accomplish. You are everywhere all at the same time and yet never divided there is no one above you there is no one greater than you you are undefeated and unmatched and no one runs even a close second place to you you are unlimited in your power in your authority in your influence in your abilities in your love and in your capacity to forgive and redeem mankind. I declare tonight that I serve a limitless God who desires to do limitless things through my life. Limitless means without end, without boundaries, exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or imagine infinitely beyond my highest prayers, thoughts and desires According to the power that works in me, that works in me, that works in me, in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise offering tonight. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, We hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.